Who's back inside the luxurious studios of LSU Gold? It's been a while, but I am happy to be back here for play-by-play with my co-host, the illustrious Kent Lowe. Kent, seems like it's been months and months since you and I have been together talking LSU athletics, and of course, I apologize for that. You've been busy. You've been out of town. Um, well, we I, missed you. We yeah, missed you. Well, I mean, you know, last time we were typing. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, anyway, it's uh, it's a busy time of year. Yes, but that's a good yes. thing. Because uh, that's what we do on here, kind of run down what's happening in LSU athletics, and things are going swimmingly well, as they uh, they would say. Obviously, LSU baseball again this week, uh, number one in the land. Uh, the LSU track and field women, number two in the outdoor rankings, men, number five. Uh, we'll talk about LSU softball coming up. Uh, golf, of course, it seems like we're getting later and later into the semester. and Suddenly we're talking about tournaments now, which just, just, just doesn't seem right to me. Kent, it seems like yesterday we were starting the spring semester. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the women's championship is uh, this week in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, very uh, exciting format. Three days of qualifying and then match play on Saturday and Sunday. And, of course, your Tigers are the defending women's SEC champions. That's right. And uh, so uh, with uh, three of the players back who were on that team last year and uh, looks uh, to be okay weather-wise, a little iffy uh, a couple of days, but it should be a good week in Birmingham. Looking forward to uh, watching that again this year. Yeah, absolutely. Best of luck. Go get them uh, for LSU women's golf. Uh, and, and this is hard to believe. We got ready to do today's show. I was going to talk about the big matchup at Tiger Park, number one, Oklahoma, and LSU. I mean, you talk about a marquee matchup on a midweek game. But I also realized that this is the final home midweek game of the 2023 campaign. Wow. It's hard to believe yeah. softball now is yeah. headed down the backstretch. But this is going to be – I mean, if you want action, you're, you're seeing two super talented teams. No better venue in the country than Tiger Park. Um, so, again, it, this, yeah. this you got to take in on Tuesday night. Again, first pitch uh, from the circle at 6 o'clock, Oklahoma and LSU. Had a chance to watch them live Saturday against uh, Missouri, and uh, the bats were really cooking uh, on Saturday, and that was a good thing to see. A lot of timely hits, a couple of big home runs for the Tigers. Uh, lost the first game, kind of made some mental mistakes in that game, but – Came back to win the next two, uh, take the series, and now uh, Oklahoma, and then they travel to Auburn this weekend for SEC play. But this should be fun tomorrow night at Tiger Park. I heard there's not a lot of tickets left. I think a lot of the berm is still open. I think most of the seating areas are sold out, and that's great. It's going to be a great atmosphere. So, again, congratulations so far on the season, and we hope you'll get out there to Tiger Park. And as Kent said, uh, if you want tickets, you better move fast uh, for Oklahoma and LSU. LSU baseball again, the polls come out. They are number one. Uh, They only got to play two games this weekend in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, And i got to be honest with you, really kind of surprised at how things were operated in Columbia. Um, Kent, I'll be honest. So, for those who weren't there, and obviously watch maybe on television – uh, Thursday, we opened the series. Thursday before the game, uh, I think Bill Franquez and I got there, Kent, like 4.15, right? Um, we get there to the ballpark, and as we're walking out of the right field fence to go down to the dugout, 
They tell us there's a lightning detected within eight miles. Get everybody off the field. Players off the field, no batting practice, no nothing. So we all scurry off the field, and we have to wait 30 minutes. That's the rule. So 30 minutes ends, and they go, hey, we're out of the lightning delay. Get back out there. Start your BP, whatever you're going to do. So not a problem. So we go up into the booth. The game gets underway. South Carolina, they get a couple of home runs off Paul Skeens. Nobody had done that. Paul goes to his breaking pitch to set up some hitters, you know, not just the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And he really had South Carolina fooled. And he'd struck out eight batters. We get to the top of the fourth inning. What do we know? Seven miles, seven, 7.75 miles away from the stadium, there's a lightning detected. Halt the game, top of the fourth. 30-minute delay minimum. Same thing happened pregame. They roll the tarp out. They cover the infield. Now, at that moment, we all knew you're 30 to 45 minutes before cranking it up as soon as that 30-minute delay is over. So you're already over an hour. So basically, your starting pitchers are done for the night. Paul Skeens threw 49 pitches, struck out eight batters. And what I can't figure out, Kent, is why they didn't put the tarp on before the game when they called the lightning delay. But they put the tarp on during the game, during the delay. It did, seemed odd to me. Did it ever rain? No. There was no chance of rain. There was a storm about 8 to 10 miles outside of downtown. That I'm going to say on record because I, I really I didn't like it. Second thing is we, we end up trying to play two on Friday, which is going to be hard to do because there's no lie about it. The weather was awful in Columbia. Saturday was a complete wash. It was 100% precipitation chance all day. On Friday, there was a small window. So we moved the game up to noon, 11 Central. We play that game. LSU ties the series up, winning 8-7. It was a dramatic game. Gutsy, gutsy performance by the Tigers. And then we sat for three hours with light rain, no storms, with the tarp on. Now, I will say this. Coaches don't like to start games if they know they're going to have to shut it down and, and burn a pitcher, and I completely understand that. But imagine my disappointment and a lot of people's disappointment when we get back to the hotel and that second of the doubleheader is bagged that we watch Tennessee and Florida battle in Knoxville under light rain, which was about as hard as it was raining in Columbia, South Carolina, for the three hours we sat there. So I will allow all of you to make of that what you will. It just didn't seem to me that they really wanted to play three games. But the Tigers split the two they play. Um, They remain number one in the country. South Carolina, a very good team, very talented lineup, uh, at least uh, one through nine. And uh, as Jay said, probably a team we'll see down the road somewhere, possibly Hoover or even beyond. So – uh, but Tigers got Tulane tomorrow. Tulane, I know, has struggled. Jay Johnson said today that you know they may have played too difficult a schedule. I mean, they've played some really good teams. He thinks they'll be better starting now and towards the back end. So he said, hey, if we go over there and pull out a victory, we beat a good team. So he's not buying their record. He said, don't be fooled by that. Uh, and then, of course, Kentucky. Kent may be the biggest Woo! surprise in the SEC. We knew – the, the six, seven, eight teams that we expected to be really good, preseason top 25. Kentucky, I think, comes in this week. They were number nine last week. They dropped two to Georgia on Sunday uh, in Athens. But they're number 12 in most of the polls this week. So now it is – how many am I doing? Five straight weekends to open SEC play against top 12 teams at the time. 
and here comes Kentucky. So should be a great series Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Hoping the weather is going to agree. we got plenty of time for the forecast to change. Six o'clock first pitch on Thursday at the box, Wildcats and Tigers. Should be fun. Uh, Kentucky, a baseball school now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what my buddies I grew up with. No, that's they what really, they say they now. Have, they have had a great season. I uh, watched them a couple of times on TV, and uh, they look uh, pretty good. Look pretty good. Should be uh, an interesting series. Another one just got to keep playing well and keep advancing forward. Yeah, Coach Mangione, of course, kind of got his start uh, for Coach Cohen at Mississippi State. Uh, so he knows what putting a, together a, a quality program, what it takes. And I think he's he's done that. And again, I think maybe just surprising some people this year with his win and loss record, uh, just because there were so many other teams that were expected to be better than Kentucky. But as it turned out, may, may not be true. So it should be a great series and hope we'll uh, see you out there at the ballpark. Anything we're missing, Kent? I mean, we kind of covered it all. Gymnastics, huh? I guess. Oh, national yeah. Championship <laughs> yeah. Week uh, here for the gymnastics team. Well, you team. know, Kent, these national championship <laughs> things, they're just coming so fast and furious know, at LSU it it's hard, all the time, it's hard so. to keep up with but you're exactly right it, it's at one time wasn't it called the great eight do they still call it it was that? a super six super at one six point. okay and super now six. it's kind of the great eight and then four on the floor kind of thing but, all right uh, but it will begin this yeah. weekend uh LSU in a the afternoon session of two four team sessions the top two teams have to advance out of the Thursday sessions to the big last four participating Saturday afternoon on ABC. So, got to be in the top two. They got through the regional by a tiebreaker system when they tied Michigan for second. I didn't know what the heck you did when it was tied like that until I, someone said you take all the six scores and have to add them in, and it makes a whole nother score in gymnastics. And LSU had the better sixth score that got them through to the national championship meet. And so uh, yep. great opportunity here. Florida's in their session uh denver Cal. and cow yep. i think the other group is like the group of death with oklahoma and utah and ucla and all but uh you just got to worry about the three in your session to get past to the last four in a gymnastics meet on Saturday afternoon, but that'll be on Thursday. Yep, coming up on Thursday, beginning around 2 o'clock Central Time. It'll be uh, some of it, uh, if not all of it, will be on ESPN2. And at lsusports.net, they'll have the live results uh, that you can keep up with as well. Uh, so, again, best of luck to Jay Clark and yeah. uh, LSU Jim. All right, we're going to get uh, to talking about LSU football. It's the only group we didn't bring up. Uh, in well, our let's little, bring them up. Well, we will, but we've got a special <laughs> guest that's going to do it with us, uh, J.R. Belton, Director of Recruiting, going to be our guest this week on Play by Play. So we're going to shuffle him in. We're going to talk LSU football and LSU football recruiting right after this as we continue on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. Welcome back, everybody, on this week's show of uh, Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. As we talked about, going to talk a little football, spring football, of course, well in swing. A lot of expectations coming off of last year's team for good reason. That's why I can't, it's uh, awfully exciting to talk LSU football, not only from September to December, but uh, pretty much year round. And we're blessed to have J.R. Belton join us, a very integral part of recruiting, which is the lifeblood 
but as we all know, to every successful program. Certainly no different here at LSU. And, Jr. it's uh, great to have you take some time out and join us. I appreciate you all for allowing me to be here. Again, uh, I was checking your bio out uh, over the weekend, and uh, Louisiana, got to be a special place to you. Played high school football here in Louisiana, which is huge. Um, went on to Louisiana Tech, now here at LSU. Uh, it's probably great to be out doing your job representing the flagship of the state you grew up in and uh, grew up in and love. Right, no doubt. Uh, honestly, uh, being from this state, you know, watching uh, LSU Tigers perform every single Saturday. Uh, not only that, my sister played basketball. We used to come down here and watch Simone Augustus and that team play. Uh, to, to baseball, uh, having my friends be big base, uh, baseball fans. Uh, as we would go to uh, New Orleans, we would stop by Alex Box Stadium. So it was something that whenever I got the call to come here um, um, in 21, it was a dream come true, honestly. And to be able to kind of go to the stadium every day now is unreal. I get the chills even talking <laughs> about it right now. Uh, so absolutely, uh, the passion, the drive that everybody has about this state and this, this university is like no other, as you all know as well. And uh, being from North Louisiana, you know, we have a lot of pride for LSU. Played for one of the uh, great coaches, one of the great teams up there. and. West Monroe and uh, Coach Don Shals and uh, boy, that was that was a time when West Monroe was just a powerhouse. It seemed right. like the the Shreveport schools would see West Monroe in their bracket and just uh, <laughs> cower back because uh, that was a tough out. But uh, you did play for one of the great coaches in high school football in this state, and Don Shals. Yes, sir. And uh, so I was actually part of his last f football team. And, man, the things that he was able to teach us in sense of discipline and tradition, uh, consistency. Uh, we had the same sh uh, shorts, socks, undershirt underneath our pads. You know, we walked as a unit. Uh, we ate lunch together. Uh, those are the things that that are consistent, consistently make you a better person um, and, and make you continue to think about people. And so uh, it was great to be a part of that team. And then as well as Jerry Yarlish, he just uh, uh, stepped down as head coach at Western Row uh, here recently. And he had the same traits uh, and demanded the same things for, from, from us and as well as the current team uh, today. So it's been phenomenal. Sounds like what makes a good football coach, Chris. So yeah, it does. Maybe that's, like Brian that, Kelly. That seems know. to be kind of a theme there. <laughs> J.R. Belton, our guest again. He is director of recruiting for LSU football. And J.R., one of the things, you know, that I noticed very early on being around, you know, the, the, the football operations building with, with Coach Brian Kelly coming in, systems guy. Hmm. Obviously, with the success he's had Absolutely. and the long-term success he's had, he's got a system. But what's fascinating to me, and maybe you can peel back the layers for uh, our, our fans, uh, Tiger fans, that within this overall LSU football, it seems to me there's these people in charge of different divisions within that umbrella. You obviously working with the recruiting team, that there's so much detail giving, that there is kind of a one team mentality, and there in the, there are these subgroups that you know handle obviously the the player personnel current players coaching staff the recruiting the the looking out to the transfer port it seems like everything is covered how, how detailed is it and how good is it for you to work in a place that the details are taken care of like that well the the great thing about coach kelly is he allows everybody to do their job and their assignments and also be who they are within that structure right and and more so than ever i've been using the word structure and processes 
to, to my team as well as everybody else. Uh, so it is important. But you see it consistently with Coach and, and the staff that he's built. Um, from a recruiting perspective, everything is vetted out. Okay, So athletically, um, you can be a, a phenomenal player, but it's way more into that. you know. And Jack Marucci has done a phenomenal job from a sports science perspective. And he was able to give us numbers that uh, almost every single national championship team that LSU had, their character rate was higher than any other. And so that that correlates to what we need to look at and determine when we're evaluating our players. So evaluation is not just a film, right? When it gets to recruiting and the, and the strategic part, it's now about who, who are they, right? And so uh, the character is, is a high performance thing. Um, and so then we kind of mold everything around recruiting in the sense of those 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 things in our process, and uh, from like you said, from the transfer portal to high school recruiting, all of them, um, we we all have a touching point because we all communicate with each other, and we all have to work together, um, and we get, we also get to be creative, which is the most uh, impressive thing. You know, one of the things that Coach Kelly has been asked a lot about the transfer portal, uh, and it's part of college football, part of college athletics, and I don't see it going away anytime soon. But I like the fact that Coach Kelly says there still is more emphasis from the LSU program on developing talent, and that starts with finding those high school prospective student athletes you can bring into the program. And he's always kind of said that, hey, if there's a great player that fits all those character uh, checks all the boxes, as you just talked about, then, yeah, we have an opportunity for him at LSU. But it's got to be good for you again when the head coach is putting that type of emphasis on finding that, that young talent you can bring in and hopefully have two, three, possibly four years to develop because that falls right under your purview. Absolutely. And going back to the correlation with Don Shiles and Coach Kelly, as a high school coach, your job is to develop, right? And so it, it, there's nothing that's changing. Um, now it's developing as uh, continuously young men, as uh, people in the academic buildings and also on the field. Um, if you look at Louisiana alone, um, a lot of our uh, alumni that played here, from DJ Chark to Duke Riley to Russell Gage or whoever you want to deem, they may not have been the highest rated players in the country, right? But they had they had um, the character, they had the the numbers, they had the uh, ability to do, and so we had to develop. They had to develop them at that time, and so that's what we're continuously to do now is to vet out our in-state, our regional prospects, thoroughly, and then make sure that um, we could potentially develop them here at LSU. With recruiting young people, high school seniors, and the transfer portal, the strategy for those different categories. With high school seniors, it would seem like to me you've got to impress not only the, the athlete, but their parents, their coaches, whatever entourage, for lack right. of a better term, <laughs> there might yeah. be. But an older player in the transfer portal, it might seem to me you you really have to impress that one person. What is the strategy in two different categories as far as a senior or someone who's been playing two or three years and wants to mm. who has entered the portal? Yes, sir. So never assume. Okay. So and I say that in the sense of you never know who's really involved in the process from a high school to a transfer portal uh, pro prospect. So um, 
maybe a father says he's not involved anymore. He did this process with when his son was in high school, and he's hands he's hands free. And then next thing you know, he's the one asking all the questions. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right? There we go. And so you I just never know. And so once again, um, understanding that every single recruitment is different. And it's individualized, and so you have to start from ground zero for every single every single player that we that we evaluate, and and then therefore recruit. Um, the high school prospects, you have more time. Okay, so within a calendar year, we almost have roughly around somewhere between 120 to 150 recruiting events on our campus, uh, from evaluation from camps to junior days to official visits. Uh, game days, so they have the opportunity to be here more than um, than a transfer, right? The transfer period, you have maybe 24 hours a week. You never know. And so the communication has to be a lot faster with the, with the transfer players because now we're, we're trying to give them all the information that we did with the high school prospect within a year or two years, within a week. And so the communication and the, the organization from internally is very important because we have to make sure that we're hitting the exact points to that player in the, in the, um, the limited time that we have. I would assume, uh, and pardon me if I am making a wrong assumption here, but I would assume there's someone on staff, whether that's you or a member of your group, that is watching the transfer portal nearly 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And when someone in a position group that this team needs, they're quickly trying to grab some video and seeing if this is a possible person that you might want to talk to. Yes, sir. So in our personnel department, who is uh, Will Redmond oversees that, uh, he actually has somebody that day-to-day -day, their job is to continuously check the transfer portal as well as himself and other people in that staff. Uh, but you just never know, right? So word of mouth, um, uh, this, as soon as they enter the portal, then we have to be ready with a plan and have the purpose to be able to execute that uh, commitment for a transfer guy. Uh, so the communication wants to go in back to that is having a good process. Who who's the first initial contact and why, and then how do we graduate that up to different people on our staff or even you know, even on campus from an academic uh, standpoint? I know there's some there's some portal prospects that uh, they want to get their masters and they have to make sure and vet out f for for themselves to us that they we have um, exactly what they want to um, get their masters in. So. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is. Fascinating. Got to be ready at all times. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it's fascinating. Uh, uh, J.R. Belton, again, Director of Recruiting for LSU Football, is our guest this week. And I noticed in your bio they talk about, uh, uh, again, some of your main responsibilities, the experience of prospects when they come to campus. You just talked about the fact that, again, for a high school student who's coming up who may have been identified as a freshman or a sophomore, there's a number of years there to kind of begin that recruiting process for them to understand LSU and for LSU and the coaching staff to understand that student athlete. You mentioned to start our show that the fact that you get to come to work here every day, go to the football operations center, come over here to Tiger Stadium, mm. it, it is, is, is truly a blessing. And, and we all kind of sometimes, I know, take it for granted, but it never fails when I walk inside Tiger Stadium to realize this is where I work. Uh, my office is on the third floor. I look out the window and there's iconic Tiger Stadium. It's like it's still hard to believe this is where I come to work every day. But I, I've listened to Coach Kelly talk about, you know, the story that LSU is telling. His program now is telling. Um, for you 
preparing these experiences, whether it be camp, whether it be official visit, whether it be game day, I know we could probably sit here for the next two hours and you would talk about what goes into that, but from a vision standpoint, kind of what's the ultimate top line that Coach Kelly, you, your staff, when you put on these events, what what, what is the story that, again, I'm probably not asking it the right way. I don't want to know what the storyline is, but in your mind, what do you want those prospects when they leave here to think about? What is top of mind? Considering the fact that there are some great universities in this conference. Right some great universities across the country who also uh, have facilities. They also have iconic places in history. What is it that you guys are trying to do to separate LSU from the rest of the pack? Yeah, great question. There's a couple of things. Uh, One, I would say the college experience itself, right? So when a prospect comes on campus, how do they feel like they were part of already, right? So I've heard before, you don't have to be from Louisiana, you become of Louisiana. And so I I think that I take that approach in recruiting. You don't have to be a college uh, student now, but you need to feel like you're part of it right now. So allowing them to go to baseball games when we play versus Tennessee, right? When we allow them to go to gymnastics meets, uh, we got track meets, um, but getting to go to academics and Cox, whenever there's actually people involved and going on day to day, you get to see people moving on campus. That is something that's very important because they have to feel comfortable. Okay. And so the second piece I would say is, this is the most special piece in my opinion, is you have to make sure they understand when they, when they hear the stories from their high school coach or their parents or their grandparents about LSU and the time that they had when they were here or they heard on the radio or on the TV and, and you're, you're imagining that in your head, it has to come to life when they get here, right? So, so when, they, when we speak about tailgates on game days and Tiger Stadium we, that, and how our experience is because of our people, right? And, and when, we, when we walk around campus and the gratitude that you'll have and, and the love and respect that you'll get, you have to be able to pinpoint those people and things here and, and provide it while they're on campus with the limited time we have. Uh, you know, people say all the time, this is LSU, right? There's a lot of great, phenomenal institutions in this conference and around this country, but there's nothing there's <laughs> nothing like LSU. I can speak about just multiple times seeing our our uh, players, even not even from this area, and their parents cry when they watch a video because they can feel the passion. They can they can see it. They can they get the chills on the on the back of their necks, and they've never been here before. And but they understand the importance of this place, not just for us but for everybody. And I think that that is incredible to see people smile for them to cry and be so happy taking pictures outside the stadium, <laughs> of the stadium, is that is that impactful. And so continue to enhance that and, and provide that to everybody. Every time they come on campus is the ideal for us because at the end of the day, the experience is always going to outweigh here at LSU than any, any other place. I think the proof is a little bit in the pudding, so to speak. Uh, A top five recruiting class this year. Lots of great players who look like they could be very much the future of LSU football. And I know you want to be number one in recruiting. Everybody does. But I think top five is also very good. I, I find, though... And I think it's interesting because you mentioned a couple of times talking about the academic center, the Cox Communications Academic Center, and all the people there and all the academic people. I think people forget sometimes there is an academic quotient <laughs> to all of this. Right, right. But, I mean, it, it also gives the, the 
recruit a chance to say, okay, I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable working with this advisor or these people here. And I've met a couple of teachers who I think are going to be able to help me advance myself beyond football. And I think that's an often overlooked category in this whole thing when a, a student athlete comes to a campus. Mm-hmm. So we have our, our recruiting brand, I would say, or uh, whatever you like, is called The Path. Okay, and the path is not just to NFL LSU. It's the path to graduate. There's there's a there's a good amount of people that they may be the first people to ever graduate in their family, and that's that's important. We need to emphasize that to everybody that if you do that, that is a phenomenal accomplishment, right? Uh, the path to uh, entrepreneurship, right. um, having a family. Um, so pinpointing those things in our recruiting process is important to emphasize that because uh, everybody says the ter- what's cool well what's cool is what we make cool because we are LSU and so whatever we do is what people w- latch on and, and, and they'll ride with it and uh, I think making sure that we continue to provide that information to everybody and and, and, and like them that um, it's not just about football here it's way more than that and the ability you know value right value is not just dollar signs it's about internally who you are as a person and then what you can do in grove to help others well i'll I'll tell you this chris Uh, i've seen the especially the basketball players i work with i've seen lots of the football players when they come out at ceremony holding that diploma Mm. it's not only their parents and family that's happy (laughs) they're pretty doggone happy too that they have got that diploma from Louisiana State University. No doubt about it. I mean, it is one hell of an accomplishment. Uh, it was 30 years ago, 100 years ago. Yeah. It is one today yeah. here in 2023. Again, just thrilled to have J.R. Belton, our guest. It's kind of fascinating uh, because there's so much that goes into the operation of LSU football. And, and as I uh, horribly tried to describe, there are so many different pieces <laughs> and, and operations. What is impressive is the way that Coach Kelly and his staff, and of course, uh, JR, you're included in this, are able to do it seamlessly and work, as Skip Bertman would say, pulling the, the same end of the rope. Everybody's going in the same direction. That is a massive amount of people uh, that, are, that are reaching those goals on an hourly and daily basis. But one of the things that propped up in my head today that I thought I would ask you, because I get asked this a lot, why, I don't know. I think because I work at LSU, but they seem to think I know what's going on inside the football well, you do. building. No, I don't. But they typically say, well, I imagine now, Chris, it just comes down to, you know, these recruits come in and they want to know how much NIL money is, is there. And that's all that's talked about. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, again, I'm not privy to everything that goes on, but I can assure you there is a lot more that's being discussed than just that. Uh, and Jr. just eloquently told us that there is all that decision. I've heard Coach Kelly, in my interactions with him, talk about how it's creating a solid and valuable person. And that could be NFLSU. That could be going on to grad school. It could be going into coaching. A whole plethora of things. But for you, and maybe to, to let us all know, when you meet with a young prospective student athlete – where in the hierarchy or the importance of what they want to know is NIL as we sit here? Because it's part of what we do every day. I mean, it's here for yeah. right now. Yeah, so uh, going back to um, our studies, I just want to say this, by the way. Doing something is one thing, but 
understanding why you do it is another, right? And so uh, at the end of our signing class, uh, Jack Marucci and his staff, they actually uh, did a questionnaire with our, our new signees mid-year wise. And majority of them uh, actually, the NIL perspective was in the back end of why they chose LSU. It was the relationships. It was the ability to whatever that deems to be. It was um, um, uh, just the experience that they had on campus. And then you have the facilities with the with game day and those different things. And then and then going into the NIL. And so the ones that did not come here, that wasn't the the same way. And it's not because we're not um, competitive in that niche. It's because the people that want to come here, they want to come here because they want to they want to provide something here. And that's called um, the ability to win a national championship. Right. I, I, I saw on Easter Sunday, Jalen Brown, our new signee, who's a receiver uh, from Florida. He tweeted early Easter morning that he just dreams about scoring touchdowns in Death Valley. And that means so much more than me. I see him walking in the hallways with Kyle Parker every day. They have, they have their study books. They're walking the class together. And it, it means something to them. It's important to them that they have our logo on their chest and not because of the name, but because of what they can do here. And that is what's important. Again, JR, I wanted to ask that question because I had a theory that if the thought was NIL is all that matters to these young men when they come to campus and that's the only thing they're interested in, it's not about the academic center and the benefit. Uh, and again, their parents, those people involved in their decision making, there's a lot more to them. And I think we're selling it short if we say all they're interested in is how much yeah. LSU can do for them for an NIL standpoint. Again, as you said, NIL is important. It is part of the equation, but it's not the whole part of the equation. I, I wanted you to. I wanted you to clear that up. There's, there's the word right and, there. And and the and the cool part about all this is that um, the staff that we have now um, we're we're young enough from a recruiting department perspective to relate, but also been through enough to, to give them guidance. And then you have Dr. Arnold, who's there to be able to help them through different things and challenges, as well as our coaches. And, and and coaches aren't coaches just on the field, as well as off the field. And they are a figure, whether that's a father figure, whether that's uh, somebody they look up to because they want to be a coach, as well as Coach Kelly. You just never know. And so. Um, they want mentorship more than people realize, and they want guidance. And if you can provide that and, and they see uh, success in that track, they're going to continue to listen to you and be there because everything you're saying is pinpoint. It may not be exactly what they want all the time, but, you know, being able to, to be honest with them is, is very valuable. Bingo. Got, bingo. Yeah. Got to be an exciting time over at Football Ops now. Spring break's over. Easter's over. Last two weeks of spring ball going on. Got to be a lot happening over there and a lot of exciting things yes, going sir. on. Yes, sir. We are right now getting ready for um, the spring uh, for April 22nd, as well as getting ready for June. So June is our busiest time of the year. Every day of the month of June we have, whether it's uh, camps to official visits to unofficial visits, and it's be able to showcase who we are uh, to everybody outside when they're in their summer uh, portion of of the school period, um, and you know it's the energy is awesome. Honestly, when Coach Kelly got Coach Kelly got here, um, it we didn't skip a beat because they had everything organized and detailed. And um, at the time, it was a lot of unknown in the sense of what we were going to look like. And uh, after winning ten games 
And coming off of that, honestly, to be truthful, it's making recruiting a little bit easier for me <laughs> because I don't have to sell. We can win. Now it's we are winning. And uh, one, of the, one of the coolest quotes Coach Kelly said in a team meeting one day was, we're no longer the wounded, right? Yeah. Like, you know, now pe people are out to get us, and as, it sh as they should be. But you know what? You know, we're Tigers, so yeah. we're going we're gonna to fight. I saw, I saw on uh, social media the list of your camp schedule uh yeah y'all are a little busy in june uh <laughs> yeah so make a note of that harrison jr is not available to yeah. come back in june he's gonna be a little busy um but it's it's really great to have you on here yeah. and again congratulations on the tremendous job so far and you. looking forward to, to to what's coming down the road because I, I i tell this all the time like it was pretty obvious to me uh, maybe, um, let's see, Coach Kelly, December. I want to say somewhere like in February. It was before spring football started last year. I went over to football ops, and as I walked in, there were people, tons of people moving, and, I mean, there was a lot of activity. But I told people then, when I saw people in the building, they were wherever they were coming from and going to, you could tell it had a look of purpose. Mm -hmm. And you weren't – I learned then. I couldn't just go over and bebop around like, hey, man, what's happening? What's going on with you? I mean, people are really uh, – have their nose to the, to the grind, uh, grindstone and, and getting after it, which is, again, why we saw the results uh, in 2022 and why we're all excited about what's coming up in 2023. Yeah. And, Jr., you're a big part of that. And, again, I apologize for being late today because no, you are no. extremely busy. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to let you go. But uh, hopefully catch up with you again. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe before uh, early signing day, like once the haze in the bar, maybe we have you back on and Absolutely. talk about the that. success we know you'll have come December. Fascinating so. information. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the both of y'all. And by the way, shout out to women's basketball for winning <laughs> yeah. the last championship. I am the biggest women's basketball fan <laughs> there we go. right now. So, uh, you know, can't. Can't be more happy than for them uh, with that, and, and our baseball team is doing phenomenal. And I'm just I'm I'm happy where where we are all right now in the sense of LSU as a as athletic department. So let's let's you know what would be great. It would be great to have women's basketball pull the title, which they've done. Be great for LSU gymnastics to get a title here mm. beginning yep. this weekend. Be great for LSU baseball to get back uh, and add one to the Intimidator. And then, oh, yeah. what do you know? Yeah. LSU football That's in the right. fall, let's do it then. Right. Do How about it. that? Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. All right. <laughs> We're Sounds glad good to, to have me. you here at LSU. <laughs> All right, J.R. Belton, he's been our guest, Director of Recruiting, and uh, can't thank him enough for stopping by. We can't thank you enough for stopping by and taking in this week's Play-By-Play -play podcast, again presented by our friends at The Advocate. So, for J.R. Belton, for the illustrious Kent Lowe, I'm Chris Blair. And until next time, uh, we'll be back. Go Tigers. Ha, 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 ha.